You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Did you know that Black Diamond manufactures your climbing gear not in a hollowed-out volcano on the Pacific Rim, but in the basement of a derelict Swiss-themed shopping center on the bench above Salt Lake City? Yes, it sounds like the premise for a sequel to Chud, but it's true. Chud. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. Chud. They're not staying down there anymore. And what it really means is that from concept to slapping that epic multicultural tag on it, a group of dedicated Wasatch climbers have their chalky hands in the mix. Real climbers building gear to climb as hard and safely as they can, so you can too. So for the best gear imagined, designed, and built by actual climbers, go to blackdiamondequipment.com or your nearest outdoor retailer. And remember, when you support Black Diamond, you support the Enorma Cast. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the uh, Enormo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big house. place outside of town. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. I'll see. You really should. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. There was a freight end on your rope, and I'm cutting it out. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Galoose. It is October 26th, about 9 o'clock in southern Utah, and this is episode 115 of the Enormacast, a conversation with boulderer Paul Robinson. I'm sitting in the mobile studio right now, camped out somewhere near Arch Canyon in southern Utah on a vacation, and the Enormo baby and his Enormo mama are trying to sleep, not six feet away from me right now so that's how dedicated they are and we are and i am to getting this podcast out for you people so i hope you appreciate it i'm keeping them up but i'll keep this brief then i don't have anything to tell you about except for paul another boulderer on the enormacast one of the few boulderers that i have interviewed not by design just kind of worked out that way but uh, once again great conversation and uh, my prejudices against boulderers were once again not realized. Instead of coming in and telling me all the different problems they'd easily climbed and downgraded or wanting to talk about their burgeoning DJ career, Paul came in super intelligent, super well-spoken, and gives us a lot of really great info on process and how he gets stuff done, and maybe we can glean a little bit for our own climbing from from all that stuff so once again had a great conversation enjoyed not only doing this interview but editing it and sometimes editing them is boring because i've already heard what we said and i'm just trying to clean it up 
but uh, it was long enough in between the two that I really enjoyed actually just kicking back and listening to the thing as, as I edited it. Anyhow, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Let's just get right to it. A conversation with Boulderer Paul Robinson. Sportiva is a proud sponsor of the Enormacast. And though I will be buried one day in a blown out pair of mirrors, if you're young and open-minded about trying hot new things like spam sushi or snail facials, just like it sounds, then Sportiva has two new kicks available for you thrill seekers. The Squama, rhymes with your mama, is a high-performance Velcro slipper aimed at getting you boulderers up your sickest project. Sick, bro. And the Otaki, rhymes with Suvlaki, is an aggressive high-performance shoe designed to hold the downturn shape even after repeated lashings. And they also happen to heel hook like a three-legged monkey on a swing set. So check out your nearest high-end climbing retailer or Sportiva.com for these and all the classics. And remember, when you give Sportiva your business, you support the Enormacast. Anyhow, but yeah, talking about that video, um, the production value of climbing video. Well, I mean, you're making video. Do you ever, are you a guy who's, who's like steeped in some of the greats, like the Masters of Stone and oh, all those course. old classic oh, like DVDs? All. Yeah, no, of course. And it's really cool to see like where it's come from. And God, what, what did I watch the other day? Um, it was... I can't remember the name of the film, but like nowadays, you know, it's so easy. You buy like a thousand dollar drone and you're getting this incredible aerial footage. Yeah, sure. And then the stuff back in the day, like they were on paragliders, like just like holding the camera. Right. <laughs> and it's like, that's so rad. Well, yeah, that was, they. I'm sure they came up with that in like the bar, like, yeah. like months before. They're yeah. like, well, we can't afford a helicopter, but I got this buddy who's like, you know, he's a paraglider. Why don't we have him fly around and like yeah, take and pictures? And they're just holding and stuff. the thing, and like it's a sunny day, and you can see like the outline of the paraglider. Right, right. As they're like flying by the dude climbing. Yeah, because it was in, it was uh, half of it wasn't digital, so there was no way to get rid of like oh, the oh, frame. Oh, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's awesome. And it, I mean, it, what were they doing? Like flying by? Do something sick! <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, quick! And he's like, oh, missed it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's good you have that perspective on it. Yeah. Well, um, even like, gosh, not, I think it was like La Dura Dura, uh, you know, Sender, whoever did that, had like their big track camera. Oh, on yeah. Yeah. Like, and they were all excited about it, but, but I'm pretty sure that was just made obsolete, like within a couple oh, yeah. years because of the exactly, drones. Exactly. Because yeah. of drones. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and they exactly. were like, but oh. the track cam's still kind of sick. Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of just the ability to have like no lateral movement, like you're obviously going to have with the drone. Oh, okay. Because, but again, I mean, that's going to take probably an entire day to set something like that up. Whereas you just fire the drone up and you're in the air flying in five minutes. I, I, I was, you know, we were just talking about video, but um, let's get started here because we just kind of rolled into it. Um, I have kind of a quick question that I think might elaborate on some stuff I sort of want to hear from you but if you, you you're recently a, a surfer correct right right and you're you know not a convert because you're doing both things yeah but if you were if someone were to come to you and magically like say to you look you can have the ability to surf anything you want is you know chapu or yeah you know jaws or wherever uh-huh 
but your bouldering ability is gone. <laughs> would you make the choice? Would you do it? <laughs> I, no, that's a great question. That's a really good. And I've, and I've, I've thought about it myself. I've absolutely thought about it myself in a very kind of um, similar light where it's, where it's like, okay, do I give up my career as a professional climber if, for instance, all of a sudden I had the exact same career as, let's say, a professional surfer? Right. And um, the answer is is no. I would not. I would not give up the climbing. And okay. and and it's easy. And and the really funny thing is, is there's been times when I thought, you know, wow, that'd be so sick to be a professional surfer. Like I love surfing so much. But I go on these surf trips, and you know. And for me, like I take two days off from climbing and I'm just like, you know, I'm like, I start buzzing and, um, <laughs> and, and then I go on these surf trips and I'm like, oh, you know, I can, I can do 10 days without climbing or whatever. And I'll go on these surf trips and it's like five days in and I'm just like, I want to climb again. I miss climbing so much. And then I leave these surf trips and I'm like, oh, I miss surfing. But then like, I won't surf for three months or four months or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's like, I, I can live with that. Right. You know, I can live without that like feeling of surfing or, or, or doing that sport. Whereas with climbing, there's, there's something that like from that day one, that when I started climbing, when I was 10 years old to now, I still have that exact same love. You know, I don't get bored of it, whatever it is. Every day I go to the gym, every day I go outside climbing. I love it. And like, there's been nothing else in my entire life. School, like sports, anything that has come remotely close uh-huh. to the level of appreciation that I have for the sport of climbing. Right on. How old are you now? 28. Okay. So yeah, 18 years of just like intense psych. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know, at the same time, like, cause I read about like, you're, you're looking at getting into surfing. I mean, you know, there's a point at which, yeah, you need to do something on your rest day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I love it. And and it's definitely, you know, it's an activity that that has has rivaled climbing because I think it's definitely the first thing that I've thought of that I was like, this this sport's amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's something that um, you know, I'm actually willing to take five to ten days off from climbing to go do something sure. like surfing. Right. And there is nothing else right. in the entire world that I will take ten days off from to go do. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I kind of open with that because uh, I surf a little bit. And, um, you know, every time I do, I'm like a beginner again because it's, I, it's more like year between yeah. or, or yeah, more exa- sometimes. Oh, with me yeah. as well. And so, but like on most of those trips, there's been this moment where you you get it again and you mm-hmm. catch it again and and you know why there are people there there's your analog guy who can't live without surfing mm-hmm. you know why they can do that oh absolutely and uh and that's what i've always thought like and my thing is always i you know i play guitar and i play music and i've been in bands my whole life and and that was my sort of thought experiment of like okay if you could like being a really kick-ass like touring rock band yeah not even like the money and the fame in and of itself but mm-hmm. like you could get up and just play in front of people like a massive crowd like you know and rock out like you dreamed of in your in your bedroom when you were 15 <laughs> you know would you trade you know would it yeah yeah and that's like my thought experiment oh exactly and, exactly i think you have to have yeah. that and i backed off from it because i go with climbing as well because i think um, I think after a few years, I would like most people who live that lifestyle, like it would either change me so much or 
I'd wake up and be like, oh, I'm over this. And like you, mm. I've never woken up and been like, I'm over climbing. Yeah. You know, I've had moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm not that into it right now. Oh, you know, of course. Because it's like super hot out or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm never like, I'm not going to climb anymore. Yeah. Or like if, you know, if I didn't have it, I'd be fine with it. So that's and, a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what really makes the the core community of us like a family uh-huh. because there aren't that many of us that are really truly just you know they would give up everything for the sport of climbing right and, well we have and we have exactly <laughs> we have given you know and and i mean like on a on a, a positive level you know yeah like, no 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 may, people make many more sacrifices in your life but yeah we talked about it on this show hundreds of times you know you you other things in your life, what people would consider a normal life, take hits. Yeah. Whether it's relationships with family or your personal relationships or obviously your, your uh, you know, earning potential, even as a professional climber. Yeah. yeah. No, no, of course. The same oh, of amount course. of time and effort put yes. into like, you know, systems analysis would have made you a millionaire by now. <laughs> I <or whatever>. know. <laughs> they say you're an expert after 10,000 hours. Yeah. And <laughs> so you're, you're pretty close. Yes. Yeah. I- well beyond, I'm sure. Yeah. Well beyond. So, well, cool. That, I just thought that'd be a funny way to start. But, um, what you know, you just talked about starting to climb in the gym, mm-hmm. uh, which you know is is more and more the 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 way. Mm. Obviously, Absolutely. every day, more and more. Um, at 28, you know, gyms they weren't everywhere when you were were mm. growing up. But the question I have is: so you start out in the gym, you're a kid. Yep. You've you've got all these other interests, but this thing clicks with you um new jersey so like i don't know if it was suburban or urban but it's definitely not the mountains no what then drew you out of the gym gosh i mean so long ago you know it's like kind of hard to like pinpoint exactly what it was and i i mean when i started climbing it wasn't it wasn't like how a lot of people start climbing especially today you know i mean there's such easy access to gym to outside you know it's Mm -hmm. like we we see climbing videos on youtube all the time and and all of this stuff and you know yeah and and you know you can speak from your own experience having climbed for uh, a decade almost longer than i have and um I, i i don't really know what it was i mean i i i would climb in the gym but it was purely just for fun. Like I just loved it. Like I'd go to the gym and I didn't really understand the whole difficulty aspect of it all. Like once I did all the like climbs that I could do, I would just put a blindfold on and try and do them again because I'd I'd done them so many times at that point that I could do the five sixes and five sevens at the gym with a blindfold on. And, um, I, I, I think it was more or less like kind of, um, like the owners of the gym, the managers of the gym that I think may, there were no kids at that time that were in the gym climbing. And I, I think they kind of took an interest. They were like, well, this is cool that there's, there's someone in here, like actually like growing up in this environment. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I do remember the very first time I went outside. Um, I don't know. I don't remember the catalyst for it necessarily because I was very young. I was probably 11 years old, but, um, I went to this little, this little crag in Philadelphia and um it's like a 30 foot wall and it's just all little top ropes and um i loved it you know and and that kind of really opened my eyes mm-hmm. to to another world because right. it wasn't like oh this is just like a little fun after school activity this is something that you can actually get better at and these are things like these are natural outdoor rocks that 
oh, I can't climb this, but what what would it take to get to the ability to climb something like this? And then I think I took a very different approach when I came back to the gym. And I, okay. I started to necess- kind of realize that there was a much wider range of what you can do in the gym outside when I kind of saw for the first time that, you know, it wasn't just something that like you made harder by like tying a blindfold on or trying to do with one foot, you know, it wasn't a game. It was, it was an actual sport. And, and like around that age, you know, I was like, I was like any other kid. I played baseball and I played soccer and, um, I was just like, I'm over it. Right. You know, and, and, and to make that decision at like 12 <laughs> is kind of crazy. Like, and I mean, obviously I'm extremely glad I did. Right. And it's funny because like, I, I don't think there was much of like a transition. It wasn't like I kept playing the other sports for a little bit or whatever. It was just like, I love this sport of climbing and I got climbing shoes. I got a chalk right. bag. I tried to learn as much as I possibly could from the people that uh, worked at the gym and climbed at the gym and. And like, and my dad, he, who was like a huge, like basically the reason why I am where I am today, because he supported me through my mm-hmm. entire childhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he wasn't a climber in the, in the slightest. I, I started climbing at a birthday party and then ah, he kind of supported. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and he just I mean, kind I've of worked at so many gyms. Yeah. And like, you get to sort of loathe birthday parties yeah oh absolutely oh (laughs) i mean are (laughs) yeah i know it's crazy judge those poor old kids in their birthday party you gym workers one of them could be the future of of bouldering right there ah it's crazy no (laughs) anyway sorry i interrupted about no 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 absolutely (laughs) and um you know it's 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 just wild to think that i the chain of events that got me to where i am today Mm -hmm. because you know in 1997-ish, I think, was right around when I started climbing. And, and this, the gym was three miles from my house, which was, you know, extremely accessible for me. And I, I could get dropped off there after school, whatever it was. And um, it was one of, the, it was the first gym in the area, one of the first gyms in New Jersey, if, if not the first. And it's just crazy, like, the string of events that, like, really got me through all of this and then it was like then it was like okay then i was doing youth competitions and then i was trying to climb hard boulder or trying to climb like hard stuff outside whether it was routes or boulders and then i was like winning competitions and then i was climbing really hard boulders outside and then it was like that time frame where i had to decide what i was going to do i was graduating from high school and my family at that time i didn't want to go to college it was like all I wanted to do was rock climb because I was just infatuated. All, all I and, and you know, I mean, I was an 18 year old kid. It was like, right. you know, well, I mean, all of us at 18 that are climbers, like all we want to do is go climbing. And I was, you know, Dave Graham, Chris Sharma, those guys were in Switzerland or France or wherever, you know, I mean, that was like kind of almost the time period where Chris was doing like realization and all of these like amazing things. And I just wanted to be a part of that. Like, I, and I was so nervous that if i pursued uh going to college going to university that i was going to fall behind and they were like well you can go you know you can go to school you can go wherever you want and so i mean it was easy it was like i'm moving to colorado and like that was like the true big step for me you know Mm -hmm. it was like i started training 
with with Daniel all the time, Daniel Woods, and and we had been friends, but being able to like be in Colorado and train with all those top guys all the time was like that just catalyst that brought me from a decent climber from New Jersey to being like a world noticed and uh, like recognized um, sure. rock climber. And, and so did you know like uh, Daniel Woods from competitions exactly. and, and things like that? Exactly. Yeah. Like it, oddly. And I mean, so Daniel and I were never in the same age category cause he, he's like a year and a half younger than me. Um, but I met Daniel. I was probably, I was probably 12 years old when I, when I first met him. And, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it was, I'm not, I mean, we just kind of became friends because we would see each other at nationals and we'd hang out and we'd chat. And then, um, ew, I guess right around like freshman or sophomore year of high school, um, he invited me out to Colorado for the first time to come visit and come see Rocky mountain national park. I think it was like 2003 or 2004. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was blown away. And I, and like, the thing was, is like, you know, we weren't climbing together all the time, but I was seeing like where his progression was going, right. you know? And, and, you know, Daniel was climbing boulders like the centaur, which at the time were like V 13 and he was like 15 years old. And I was like 16 at the time. And I'm thinking like, Oh my gosh, like I want to, I want to do these hard climbs. Like, and so it was, you know, he was a couple thousand miles away and I'm in New Jersey, but it was kind of like that almost competitive spirit in me that, um, that really was like, I, I want to be, as strong as him. And like at that time he was starting to get sponsorships and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I learned about all of that stuff because, you know, no one that I climbed with, no one I knew knew any, knew the first thing about sponsorship. You know, it was like, I was just climbing at the gym with random people that were, you know, 40 years old or whatever. And they just <laughs> enjoyed rock climbing. Yeah, sure. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't um, a career for <laughs> right, any of right, them. Right, right. And so, you know, so that's really like, I was just kind of watching his career start and blossom and being like, well, how, how, you know, how do I get to that? Like, how do I get to like that stage where he's at? And it was kind of like each summer I would go to, go to Colorado and I'd climb with him. And, and that was like, you know, that's, that's kind of where it all started. Right. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's all these different elements that all have kind of really come together. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I just used that, or I was talking about myself with music and, uh, you know, that world, I always say there's so much like logistics to how people make it successful versus pure talent, you know, like you, you, you were a talented boulderer and a dedicated focused boulderer, but there was all these sorts of things that had to come into place or else, you know, you probably may, who knows, have, you know, grown up there and like lost interest in it and gone on to some other, you exactly. know, so like it's, I always say like the, there's been a thousand bands as good as the Beatles, but they couldn't find anywhere to practice. Mm. And so they just kind of, it never happened, you know? Oh yeah. And there's, there's oh, yeah. probably, you know, the, the crusher boulder or that never oh, yeah. saw his potential or mm -hmm. whatever. Cause you know, their parents were like, no, we're yeah. sick of paying for your gym membership or exactly. whatever, you know? So exactly. Yeah. And it sounds like you, but at the same time, I want to say that like, as in everything else, like you sort of make your own luck and mm -hmm. you make your own yeah. things happen. So it's like, and I'm not talking about mystically like manifest them by wishing for them. No, 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 no. Of but course. you know, there you were like watching Daniel. And then, so you're like, all right, I need to go to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Luckily you had some parents to support you and they exactly. sent you out there. Exactly. You know, and also, you know, with, 
Colorado and you know, you happen to walk in, it seems like right when all that stuff like up in the park and everything else was first, you know, someone fi- decided to hike up there and look at these boulders that people like me, these alpine climbers going to do the walls where had been walking around for yeah. 50 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and oh, there's absolutely. like, oh yeah, there's some, you guys know there's like some giant featured boulders up there, right? You know, it's like, and, uh, you know, Flagstaff was climbed out mm-hmm. like 25 years before. Yeah. And so, yeah. So like you also walked into this moment where you had this canvas to sort of apply your craft at, at a time when, you know, it was pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. And ready yeah. to go. And oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, I, you know, a lot of people ask me, um, you know, why, why, why did you choose bouldering? You know, like what was, what was that kind of like, what brought you into that? But, you know, because in, you know, in 97, 98, 99, people were bouldering, obviously, you know, I mean, Fred Nicole and all these guys were were definitely out there bouldering, but it was rope climbing that, that everybody was doing. And especially back where I was, I mean, the, the, the climbing gym that was built was built by these, you know, 30, 40 year old guys that they just wanted to climb some, some like lead climbs in the gym so that they could prepare themselves for uh, going to the gunks on the weekends. Cause that was kind of the the closest sure, crag right so the bouldering area was tiny it was just this little area that no one really cared about and you know there'd be like one or two people over there just practicing and um i got i got the the movie free waco you know you know free free waco the, the sharma and and those guys you know that film mm-hmm. so i got that film for christmas i remember and i didn't know anything about bouldering at the time and i got the film so like you're did you ask for it? Or were your no, parents no. like hip My, enough to they know? Were. Like, okay, they were. Cool. They were. They were hip enough to know that like, like there were like, climbing films yeah, out okay, there. Cool. And that was my first climbing film. And I saw it. And like, you know, the whole V grading system was just a new thing to me. And um, I don't, I don't know. It, got, it was probably 99 or 2000 that this came out. And, um, you know, and I see it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I can do this. Bouldering looks sick. And um, so I'm watching Sharma, you know, he does slash face, you know, he does the first repetition of slash face. And at the time it was called B14. And I'm thinking, you know, like, yeah, I could, I could probably do like a V8. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go to the gym like the next day or like whatever. Cut it in half. I might <laughs> be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to the gym the next day and I find the very first climb I, I find and it. It's like the V and then it's like a, basically like a zero with a line through it. And I'm thinking like, oh, it's probably like an eight. That's what that line through yeah. was. Yeah. Somebody doesn't know how to do their eights very well. And so I do it and I'm like, oh, how, that wasn't bad. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting, good. Uh, Slash face guess, next week. Yeah. <laughs> and so I find out it was V zero minus. <laughs> Whatever that is, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was a humbling moment for me. And um, yeah, and I don't know. I, I love sucking at things. I think that's yeah. why I love surfing so much because, you know, I kind of, I started out really sucking and it's been like such a process to get better. And I've I've loved sucking since since day one. So it's, it's kind of funny, you know? I mean, I, I found bouldering. I was horrible at it. And, but that's what I wanted to do. And, and, you know, when I was a kid, like I was ridiculously skinny, like I had, I had no muscle. And I think, I think that's really where my ability in climbing came from is because before I hit puberty, I had to learn 
technique. Without technique, I couldn't get to the top. And, and all of these people that I was climbing with when I was younger were much more muscular and stronger than me. And they could do these moves where they'd be jumping between holds and cutting their feet and stuff like that. And I had to figure out other ways, you know, and I had to rely on finger strength and I had to rely on technique. And then like, you know, up until about the age of 16 years old, I really hadn't climbed anything difficult. But then I went through puberty, I got muscle, I had the technique, I had the finger strength, and I was like, my basically my climbing skyrocketed from that mm-hmm. point on. And that's what a lot of people ask. They're like, you know, how, how did you get to where you are? And, you know, they're like, how, how can I climb V10? How can I climb V11? And I'm like, it's not, you know, it's not about like the number necessarily. It's more about like the process to get to where you want to get to because there's not a single person out there that can just start climbing and then all of a sudden be like a proficient climber that looks good on the wall and understands how their body moves and that's what's so amazing about climbing is that we have everybody has a different body and everybody has to learn the way that they move on the wall the way that they see a climb you know because the way i see a climb and the way chris sharma sees a climb are going to be different things. However, maybe we climb them the same way or or maybe we use a slightly different sequence. We're still getting from point A to point B. But the thing is, is like without the years of practice and climbing on different rock types, climbing in the gym, climbing on different angles and stuff like that, we're never going to be able to learn our bodies because we can't watch. You, you, you can't watch climbing and get better at it. If it's kind of like, because we're not, you know, we are not them. We're not the person that's actually climbing in the video. We are ourselves. And, you know, climbing is a sport that is not easily learned without that, you know, 10,000 hours or whatever right, they right, say. Right. Yeah. And plus you're talking about like you had, you were ultra skinny. I mean, and this is a podcast, so people can't see you. You're huge now. You're like <laughs> this gargantuan human. So you really did change quite a bit in, in going through puberty. Yeah. But. But anyway, I know physiologically yeah, things yeah, started of course, to happen. Of yeah, of course, of course. But, um, you know, so you're dealing with a set of circumstances, you know, with your body type and, and everything else that, you know, is not necessarily the path for somebody else anyway. You yeah. Know? So it's like, you know, if someone said, well, how'd you get to be so good? It's like, well, I was born, you know, naturally like a tiny little skinny human. And then I went through puberty and got some muscle. So if you could go back and do that, that's how you're going to become a good climber. You know, it's like, it's not that easy, <laughs> yeah. like to just, oh, no, here's the formula no, of course. for you. Of right? course, right. you know, because yeah. some people will start climbing when they're 20 years old or whatever, and they're going to be like muscular and they're going to be able to do like really powerful climbing, but, mm-hmm. and that part's going to come easily to them. And that's going to be basically what they're not going to necessarily have to really work on in right, the future. Right. But it's like, it's that technique that's going to have to be built. So, you know, like I'm saying, it's like each person, is going to have strengths and is going to have mm-hmm. weaknesses. And it's that time that you have to put in to kind of shorten or, you know, decrease your weaknesses and, and build the strengths. So what do you think you bring mentally to the game that is a strength for you? Or, you know, you're, we were talking about your, the physicality of, of how it worked for you in the beginning. Mm. Um, what do you think you bring sort of mentally to the game? Because it's, if it was just a physical sport and if, if even if it was mostly physical, we probably wouldn't be as engaged in it as we are. So it's yeah. obvious to everybody who spends some time at it that the mental part of it is, is just as thrilling, just as exciting to deal with. Um, whether you're climbing scary stuff, which is a big part of like big rock climbing yeah, or down to 
the kind of focus and attitude that it takes for me looking at bouldering and it's well known on the show. And, and I know we well, come in here. You're not a podcast guy, mine or anybody else's, but it's well known on the show that like, I'm not much of a boulderer. And okay. I, I'm that guy that you grew up climbing with the 40 mm. year old guy who's like, will mess around in there to sort of have this idea of getting a little stronger for something else. That I'm, oh, absolutely. I'm that guy. So, and the problem I think I have with it is, is the depth of trying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can go there. Like, yeah, Dave actually asked me to ask you what it's like to, uh, you know, to do one arm pull ups on a credit card. <laughs> but I don't know if I have the ability to dig that deep necessarily. At least I haven't cultivated it. Mm. And then also the like the the long failure ratio yes. of trying hard bowler problems. Yes. So with kind of that as like the pretense, like yeah. what do you what do you got going on in there that that I is, mean- <laughs> is Obviously, you've got something. That yeah. Lends no, no, to no, for sure. I mean, that's definitely a, quite a hard question to answer. But um, I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, and like you said, failure is basically uh, bouldering's ninety nine percent failure and one percent success. And uh, I don't know what it is. I love failure. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a crazy thing, really. It's got the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> It's and I think all of us that really specialize in bouldering kind of have to because we it is ninety nine percent failure and and you know I when I'm going and I'm trying something at my like absolute limit it's you know a lot of people are like oh I I, I did a I did another link today I I got to the next clip or I did three more moves on my project and like you know in that regard like you're almost not trying something that's at your limit at that point because you know when i'm trying something that i'm like 20 days into or something like that and all of a sudden it's like i move my like right knee a tiny bit and like i can like almost do the next move i'll go home that night like happy okay <laughs> And that, and and that's kind of what I think separates a boulderer from more or less a rope climber because a rope climber is going to be is going to want like greater greater sure. achievement yeah, at least a body length or something <laughs> exactly yeah, <right. laughs> exactly and for me it's like these like kind of small successes that like I love to build on and I and I think to climb at your limit or whoever's limit really you you have to build upon the successes and. Um, you know, if, if, if every day you're going out and you're kind of like, just, you know, doubting and and all of us go through it, you know, I mean, all of us will, will go to projects or, or go through six month phases or year long phases where, you know, we're doubting ourselves and, and I do it, you know, we all do it like all the best, the worst, it doesn't really matter. Whoever, all these climbers, we all go through phases of, of, um, elation and, you know, just being down on ourselves. And, and I mean, I've gone to boulder problems where, you know, I, I should have just should do them quickly. And then, but I, but I doubt, you know, and I'll, I'll be looking at a move and I'll be doubting that move. And it's, it's, it's because I, I, I haven't been building, I haven't been appreciating my, my small successes. And, and when you start to appreciate the small successes is when I start to do things and I start to do them quickly. And it's like, you know, you do a hard boulder problem. It's like, 
you level up. You know, you do another hard boulder problem, you level up. And it's like, once you start doing more and more, all of a sudden they just start happening and you're just like doing them quickly because in your head, you're like, oh, I did this move once. And then you get there from the bottom and in your head, you're like, I'm doing this move right now. And it's like, it's easy. And then you do it and then you climb the boulder and, you know, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> but you know, but then it's like, okay, then now I've got more, right. I've got this like a, a more just like the feeling of like, I'm just going to do it. I'm strong right now. And then you know, something happens where something just kicks your ass, you know, and then you just sit back and you're like, whoa, like maybe I'm not as strong as I thought I was yesterday. And then all of a sudden, then, then the doubt comes in, but you can't like, you know, you have to, you have to thrive on the success and just try as hard as you can to like eliminate as much doubt as possible. And, and I think that's, that goes for anything, you know, you're, you know, you're 30 meters up on a sport climb and you're pumped as shit. But like, if you're really Thinking about like, okay, I'm doing this move. I've done this move in isolation. Like I'm doing it right now. That's when like the successes happen. Mm-hmm. And that's when like you're actually like breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I kind of laughed in the middle of that because uh, you said it was a really hard question to answer like what you bring to the table so to speak mentally. <laughs> and you actually did just answer it because <laughs> well, because you're telling us this is how it's done. Like you just can't doubt like oh i've done this move before so now i'm here and i'm gonna do it and the way you said it it's like obvious to you that's how it's done like just don't yeah and and but you also just stated i think the crux of of most people's myself included (laughs) at times uh you know we don't it's not that easy to it's it's easier to go god i'm here but i'm really tired yeah you know? Oh, of course. And so I think like you just answered the question because I, I, I feel like the way you were talking about it and you're just like, this is it, this is it, this is it. You, you gave us your process and part of your process is you have, you seem to have this ability, I would guess. Optimism is maybe not, it's too broad a term, mm. but yeah, that's maybe the thing that sets you apart <laughs> is yeah. instead of going like, oh shit, I'm tired mm-hmm. and I've never, oh, I did this once. Yeah, you know, you're like, well, I did it once. I'm, I'm good. Exactly. Like, yeah, which exactly. is, it's also, it's very easy to say on a podcast, oh, but man, <laughs> no, 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 it is, it is, and I mean, you know, and most, you know, a lot of the times you get to that move and you're like, and you're super confident and you fall, right? You know, but it's like, it's like those times that when you do fall on that move that you have done before, it's not getting there again and thinking about that time that you fell. Right. It's thinking about the time that you did the move. Yeah, and and I've so, like counseled people with red pointing, which is the same thing as as you know, repeatedly trying a boulder problem. Is that the problem? One of the problems with red pointing is that, or trying to that move over and over again and failing is that in some ways you're training yourself and your body even to like, okay, this is where we let go. This is where we relax. This is where we stop because it's happened like 40 times. And the breaking past that is not only hard, but in a lot of ways, like I think we've all done a root or, or a bowler problem or whatever happens to be where like you, you've almost like expected it. And all of a sudden you're like, holy cow, I'm here. Yep. Like I'm on the hole. <laughs> and then you fall. <laughs> yeah, and then you fall. But even that happening can be enough of like this yeah. adrenaline punch to oh. be like, oh, yeah. I'm here. Oh, and then it. you're going to do it. Yeah. 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 Oh, of so, course. Yeah, of course. It's pretty cool. But like, again, like you just threw the process through there and I was like, whoa, that's like, it's 
you know, that's a big prescription. You know, oh, to no, get, get no, passed, of course. So, yeah. But confidence is key, you know, and I've always said that. And it's like, you know, I have to, I kind of have to tell myself that sometimes because, you know, I mean, this, this past two springs now, I've, I've been trying the same boulder. I've probably tried it 40 days now and I still haven't done it. And it's, uh, Daniel's uh, climb in the park called hypnotized minds. And it's, it's funny because like, you know, I, I, I like, I sit there at the base of this climb and I tell myself, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing it this time. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm following every step and every, every rule that I have prescribed for myself. And then I get to that move that I fall on every single time. And it's like in my head, I'm trying 110%, but then like my fiance who has seen me climb for the past like eight or nine years, I mean, she's seen me do every V15, every really hard boulder I've ever done. She's like, you're not, you're not trying like you do, you know, like you, you are not giving it that 110%. And I just don't understand. I'm like, I am like, I am. And, and she's like, you're, you're not like, I can see it. And it's like, it's infuriating, you know, and I, and I don't get it. And, and I, and I still haven't done the boulder right. and it's like, and I don't, I've never tried something for so long and right. it's crazy because I will go there at the beginning of the day, I will warm up and I will pull on at the crux holds, like right, like right before the crux and, you know, probably the past 10, 15 days that I've tried it back in the spring, I would pull on right before the crux, climb it to the top, first try of the day, every single time I went there. And it was like, and you had to add in like six negligible moves that I would, that I never fall on. And all, and I get to this move every single time. And it's just like, it's not, it's, it's no longer, Paul, you've done this move, like do it now. It's like, I've tried this move so many times. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, like, the right side of my pinky isn't exactly how it needs to be. Like uh, my right drop knee doesn't feel exactly right. Like, Oh wait, uh, it's a little sweaty on my right hand. And then it's, you know, and it's like, it's not, it's not that simple, clear cut thought that it needs to be. Right. Because you know, when, when I am climbing at my best and I am like succeeding on boulder after boulder after boulder, it's just boom, you're in it. Do this move. Boom. You're in it. Switch your feet you're doing this move. And like, that's what I'm thinking about. And there's nothing else that's going through my mind except doing either a foot move or switching my feet or moving my body. But then now it's like 7,000 like thoughts going through my brain. And I'm thinking about like, okay, is my, are my hips into the wall enough? Is my right foot dropped in enough? Is my left foot pressing enough? Like how am I like situated here? And it's just too much. I feed the cat. Did I leave the keys in the car? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Thankfully that hasn't that hasn't occurred. It's yet. gonna next time, not thanks to me. <laughs> so yeah. You're like, so, oh that fucker. God <laughs> damn it, he's ruined the whole thing. My cat. I need therapy now. <laughs> I need to be hypnotized and like or all this needs to be erased. I, it really does. Have you thought about that? Oh, I know. Right? Right? Hypnotism. <laughs> yeah. Hypnotized well, Minds. It's yeah. the name of the boulder. Oh, and it it's literally Done. it has You're it welcome. has hypnotized me. Go to go get a go hypnotist to get and test. have them yeah. like a, however they do that with smoking or whatever. Have them erase the all all that you've learned and have you start over. <laughs> I Give it should. A try. Yeah. I should really. Give it a few more months and you'll yeah. be, you'll you're going to be <laughs> calling me for Give a it reference. 30 more days. Yeah. Well, good luck. Don't 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 
you know. Yeah. You'll you'll get it. We all know that. Uh, hopefully. Uh, yeah, that, it was the Enorma cast that ruined Paul Robinson's career. <laughs> <laughs> he never did climb hard again. <laughs> He's got like 30 cats. You know? <laughs> Anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you one more question about yeah. the, something that you said. Uh, again, like me not understanding this process very well, I think uh, allows me to ask some questions that maybe other people are curious about as well. But, you know, you talked about these little successes like, oh, I would manage to like, you know, turn my hip and, and feel stronger and almost get that hold. Mm. Like, you know, is there anything you can say about tuning in to your body that closely because I I feel like sometimes that's a real drawback of my climbing is like I I go into sort of like a out of mind fugue state you know on hard moves and then I can't actually think of yep. I can't remember what yep. things were happening oh, and, and everything else you know absolutely so. but it but the thing is is you know imagine Imagine someone that comes to the gym for the first time and you're trying to coach them up the wall, you know, and, and you say, you, you, you say from the ground, okay, like when you get to there, go with your right hand to that jug, you know, and, and for you, I mean, it's the simplest thing in the entire world because you would get there and you would go with your right hand to the jug. And then this person that's climbed once or twice before they get there, their feet are like crisscrossed and they go left hand to the jug, yeah. you know, right. and you're like. I don't even understand right now how that occurred. Right, right. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, like I was saying before, it's something that you build upon. Right. And, um, you know, it's body awareness. And and I think that body awareness is, is so crucial to to success because, you know, there there's so many moves that, like, you know, th- there's so much going on. It's not just pulling with the left arm and, and grabbing that that jug with the right arm. It's... It's like, how is, how are our hips twisting? How is like my foot twisting? Like, how is my big toe like standing on this foothold? Like, you know, how am I going to extend further to the right? Like, like, what's it going to, like, how, how do my hips need to be and stuff like that? Or like, you know, body awareness is almost like the most crucial on uh, overhanging climbing because you're having to keep your upper body into the wall but also your lower body too because a lot of times when you're climbing on steeper terrain if you grab a hold and your feet come off the wall you're you're gonna fall and it's it's when you're in those in between mo in between movements when you're when you're reaching up with the right hand to a hold you not only have to think about that hold that you're reaching for you have to think about pressing with that that foot or or keeping that heel hook or or really pulling with a toe hook and and it's it's very difficult because you know i mean how you know it's like it's like patting your patting your head and and rubbing your stomach you know i mean because it's these these two kind of separate entities that that are are far apart from each other you know i mean and and your brain has to truly hone in on the way that a foothold might feel and like grabbing a two finger pocket, like exactly right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, and I, and I don't really know how to like tell people, I think it's more practice and it's, 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 you know, I mean, when you go to the gym and you just climb, like you're not going to be thinking about that. But like, if you, you know, if someone wants like a recommendation Mm -hmm. or whatever, what I would say is like, go to the gym. And when you're climbing a V zero or you're climbing a five, eight, like, 
think about how your body's moving because you're going to be moving in a way that you know it's it's natural it's mm-hmm. going to feel natural and you're kind of kind of just be climbing and you're going to be warming up and but think about exactly like how your knee is twisting think about how your foot is like maybe losing weight on a foothold as you're like standing up on it or like how like you know you're pulling into a heel hook and and i think that that is then going to start translating into the harder things because you're like like you're saying you know when when you get onto something hard all of a sudden your brain is just like whoa what you know what do i do here like no now and, and you fall mm-hmm. you know and and i think it's kind of like starting at that like easy stage of like what what is your warm up you know like what what are you going to be warming up on and using those techniques of like body awareness and then like it will eventually start to transition into being able to have that body awareness when you're on something of your peak ability. Well, it's interesting that uh, you said like you have to think about this and you have to think about the toe pushing and all that stuff. And then I was like, in my mind, I was like, and then you have to stop thinking about it because <laughs> it's like once you figured out, like yeah. when you actually do the problem, yeah. like you just said, you can't stop and be like, oh, my pinky's in my, yeah. in my, in my, yeah. So it's like you go over this hump to where you ha- then, and yeah, yeah, you have to simplify it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You absolutely sounds- have to simplify it. When you get to something that is, you know, at, at that point where you've been falling on it and you're trying to red point, you, you kind of digress almost, but you have to be to the point it's where it's just like, like in my mind, when I climb, I'm, I'm like basically miming the beta in my head. It's like, I'm like, you know, the thoughts are right hand, you know, like, okay, left foot here. And, but it's not like left foot here, turn the left foot in, get like situated. You know, it's like, I've already learned that and I just need to get myself into that position. Yeah. So, I mean, every time I talk to a boulderer and we've talked to a few on the show, you know, I get lots of requests. Um, I, 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 again, like not, I don't do it much, but I always start to really understand what's the draw is mm. and why a certain personality or a certain type of person, you know, at least at the high levels is drawn to that versus something else. And, you know, just talking through that, like all that, like insane subtlety. Yes. The is, subtle, that's the perfect word is, is like, it's, it's what is the draw, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the, it's like the guy who loves the giant math problem. Yep. You know, or whatever it happens to be, you know. So, um, but let's change a little tact here. Unless okay. you have anything else to say no. about that. No. Um, um, I kind of want to just talk about your climbing uh, travels a little bit mm. before we get done here. And, you know, again, uh, looking at your, your background, your resume, whatever you want to call it, um, South Africa, like, seems to figure. And you started yeah. surfing there as well. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, how much time do you spend or have you spent there in the last couple of years in, in like, area specific or just something about South Africa like what's what's South Africa it's like the new Mecca for sure it is it really is I mean it's it you know I mean our northern hemisphere summers it's hot it's 100 degrees outside right now it's crazy and and the southern hemisphere is it's the place to go it's winter and and the climate in South Africa is just perfect for for climbing um I've done Australia two times now at this point and just freaking rains and and I go to South Africa and it's like, you know, it's you get consistent weather, it's cold and and there's just so much rock that 
yeah, I don't know, seven times, seven mm-hmm. times at this point. 2008 was the very first time that I went. I went to Rocklands with Daniel and um, we filmed that uh, section for progression. And, um, you know, I vowed to come back basically. And, and, and it was, I, you know, I went back in 2010 and did another um, Rocklands trip and, at that point, it was kind of like, okay, like Rocklands is, is amazing, but, you know, why, why are we just like in this tiny little area? You know, I mean, we have this 100-mile radius area that it's incredible, but there's obviously more. You know, you're driving down these these roads to get to Rocklands, and you're just seeing boulders and boulders and boulders. And, and even just in Cape Town in general, there's there's so much. and it was kind of right around that time period, like going back in 2011 that, um, that I really started to transition my climbing from just wanting to do every ridiculously hard boulder problem on in the world to, I want to go find these five star lines. I mean, you know, I, I repeated the lines like, you know, dream time in Switzerland that Fred Nicole put up and, and like Spectre and Bishop that Dave Graham put up. And I was just amazed. I was like, these climbs are so sick. Like, I want to find some of these for myself. Like, I want to do first ascents that that rival some of the stuff that I've climbed that Fred and Dave and Chris and, and all of the best before me had put up. And South Africa kind of was like the easiest access point for me for that. And going back in 2011, I spent an entire season in Cape Town just climbing awesome first ascents and and then it was like okay well well where else in south africa and then i started to find new zones and and like the past three years i've spent two months in this valley that has just lent itself to more first ascents than i could have ever imagined probably at least 150 in in kind of in three years time and and when I found this valley, I just, I was like, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm coming back and I'm coming back for forever. <laughs> and it, it, it's been amazing because it's, you know, I've invited f- so many of my friends and none of them come. They're Aww. just, they just rock land. Oh, yeah, it's, no, it's, it is, it's, it's sad, but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's just kind of funny because, you know, I mean, people get like very stuck in their ways, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's. December, like let's go to Waco. It's right. it's February. Let's go to Font. It's July. Oh, we're going to Rocklands. Well, you there's know? like that project problem too. Oh like, yeah, hey, no, I gotta, no. Just, of course, I got that one more I want to yeah, do. You know exactly. Like, no, and and yeah. and I'm not and I'm not saying that like the way that they choose to to travel or whatever is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just I you know it's just like this like kind of thriving instinct at me in the, at this point. It's like. I know that there's more mm-hmm. and I know that there's areas that rival Rocklands that haven't been untouched. Right. So why not? Yeah. I mean, and it's also like a pretty normal progression for, for certain climbers, um, whether it's bouldering or anything else. Like, you know, you've got your dream lines and you want to repeat them. And, exactly. And then some people, and, and it's actually a pretty small percentage, whether, I mean, it's a lot more work to bolt a route or whatever. Well, I'll, I'll rescind that. It's a different type of work. It's just a little more industrial, maybe, but you know, it, <laughs> no, only it's a, a lot very small. I'll agree okay. with you. <laughs> it's a very small percentage that then go on to 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 actually put up roots, and yeah. I think it. I, I don't know, but it may be the same with bouldering, you know. And I think we you do 
get stuck as this collector of of these roots you've heard about, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, so we want to go and do that one line we heard about and do that one. And then pretty oh, soon, like, you just don't have time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, some people make the switch, some people don't. For oh, exactly. Reason. Now, is there any, like, I, I wrote when you started talking about, like, why everybody stays in this one little place in Rocklands. Is there security issues in no. terms of like spanning off from there because I don't know anything about it. I know some parts of no, South I, Africa. I, I there think are. it's just I, I think it's the ease of well, yeah, the ease of it. There, yeah. You know, there's I mean, it, the thing is, the crazy thing is, is where I climb is probably safer than than Rocklands itself because it's even further from from right. a town. Um, but you know, I mean, it, how easy is it to just go to? the buttermilks let's say or or the rocklands or whatever and and just say oh you know here here's another boulder next right. to a couple other ones and and then you you know you clean it up and it's good to go and so i mean i think it's just i think it's the ease of it all sure. and yeah and um you well know. lucky for you because now you get to go find them yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't. I, every year i go back i'm just like well there's my little bit of chalk left over from last year right. that had, not a single person's been yeah, here yeah, since. So, Let me just yeah, brush so Don't ruin together. it. You've, you're ruining it. <laughs> don't. I mean, careful what you wish for I know. is the classic I thing. I know. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Because I'm going to go set up like a campground in a kiosk in one of these places. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get it on fire. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like, like that's going to be, I mean, you're not done. Like no. this may just be the continued no i mean this yeah. this is what i want to do yeah. at this point and and the thing is is like it's a good I, thing you're sponsored that's an expensive ticket <laughs> yeah i know i know thank you to all my sponsors yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no i mean yeah exactly it's 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 kind of that evolution in my mm-hmm. climbing and mm-hmm. and i love doing first ascents and and i don't have any interest in just like you know doing or like or losing my ability per se. Mm-hmm, you know, I mm-hmm. still I still want to repeat the hardest climbs and I and I obviously am still going to plan like, you know, hypnotize minds or or whatever it is. Like I still want to do the hardest climbs in the world, but I've definitely switched over and evolved to someone that wants to continue to find new areas and establish areas for for the future. Mm-hmm. So we started talking like kind of off the cuff. We were talking about video stuff when we mm. rolled into this. And uh, I kind of was looking at this. Uh, you have this video project. Yeah. But I couldn't. The internet here is terrible. And I couldn't. Is it out? The no. Uncharted Lines. Uncharted Lines. Okay, exactly. Okay. So it's a project. It is a project okay, yeah. that I'm working it, on. The The website wouldn't work. Oh, well okay. Here okay. We're a. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of things about this place that don't work. But uh yeah, so I had a little trouble like figuring out. So okay. it's not out yet. It's something nope. that you're it's nope. a, it's nope. like and an you'll have to come. Thing. We're we're doing the world premiere at the Boulder Theater January twenty fifth. Oh so VIP okay, cool. ticket for you, dude. Really? I would love it if you came. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, absolutely. You guys heard it, so Yeah. Don't, um, don't, yeah, exactly. So when you're at the door <laughs> and you don't get in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> Um, but yeah i mean (laughs) get rid of that guy (laughs) (sighs) climbing has always been an artistic outlet for me and um well we didn't get to that but you went to art school exactly your time in college exactly so when i was in college Mm -hmm. i i was an art major Mm -hmm. and um after graduating from school i was i was just traveling all the time i was traveling and i was climbing and i wasn't able to kind of have another artistic outlet besides uh, climbing. And 
um, you know, I was, I was working with, with Josh Lowell and Peter Mortimer and those guys. And, and every time we would, I'd go filming with them, I was always just kind of intrigued. I was like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. You know, I'm like, I appreciate what you guys do. And I always kind of wanted to learn and I wanted to see what equipment they were using and, and how they were getting their shots and, you know, the angles that they were getting to kind of expose the way that, uh, the climb was, was perceived by an audience. And, and, I kind of just evolved into wanting to do that. So, you know, I started with a little DSLR camera and, and I just filmed myself, my friends, whoever really, and it made some little videos, put them out online. And, um, and then it just really became an, an obsession and just something else that like another artistic outlet for me. And I made a couple of movies that, you know, were just kind of, they're more or less just like beta movies. It was just, you know, here's me and Daniel and a bunch of other guys just climbing some really hard boulders. And then I started to evolve and I wanted to just really pursue that like artistic approach to creating a film. And, and with this film, it's, it's not, it's not just like an artistic documentary. It it still is a climbing film, but it's, I'm trying to bring it to to that next level, like like we like we were talking about before, where you know climbing documentaries have evolved over time, and they've they've truly become works of art. And um, Uncharted Lines is it's it's a film that <clears throat> I get I hope just glorifies the my 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 livelihood right now. I I want it to I want people to see why. Um, myself and, and a couple others have have decided not to to just go to to Waco and not just be content with climbing in the established areas and and to go out and to explore the world and and you know I most of the film I we've we've shot with Jimmy with Jimmy Webb and Chris Sharma and and it's it's so cool to get everybody's insight and see them climbing on new lines and and um, every climb in the film is, it's a first ascent in, in a new area. And I think people are going to be pretty amazed because, you know, we're, we're not filming in places like Bishop or, or Waco or whatever. We're, we're climbing in areas that people have never heard of and we're climbing on e- almost every single continent. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy because, you know, I mean, like people, people are like, how are you finding these areas? And, and, you know, I mean, it's just like, kind of like hard work and talking with other people and, and just, putting in the time and the effort that it, that it takes to kind of go out there because, because it isn't easy, you know, I mean, like, like I was saying before, you know, the, the ease of access to a lot of areas is what, is why people go, you know, I mean, you know, you, you go to Waco in the winter time because it's like, okay, I've, I've trained all fall. I bought a plane ticket and now I expect to go here and I expect to hopefully climb some hard boulders. And that's, that's what you want to do. Whereas this added element of, well, I want to climb hard boulders, but am I going to find these hard boulders Right, is kind of like that extra element that I think a lot of people don't necessarily want to take that risk. Sure. And it's a lot of like that risk versus reward. And Mm -hmm. I think the reward of finding a new area that maybe will be Waco, maybe will be Rocklands one day is so much more worthwhile than, than really the risk. Right. Well, yeah. And that's, that's across all the climbing disciplines. Mm. Oh, of course. Of course. Of like, well, and you know the risk is 
for a lot of people's monetary and like time and like no, I got course. I only have my month. Yeah, exactly. I you, don't want to waste it tromping around in no. the woods like and finding. <laughs> and I jaws. totally understand yeah, that, yeah. you know. And, and and like I said before, and I definitely want to reiterate that it's like, you know, we all choose our path in climbing, and there's no right way and there's no wrong way. It's just, you know, I just want to show people why I, why myself and why a couple of others have decided to take this path because the media and the news, they, they, they do not glorify it. You know, the news, the news in climbing is, did you climb V15? Did you climb 515B? No. Oh, well, we don't care about that five-star first ascent that you put up. It's like, just, right. you know, it's just another thing, but like, you know, I, I mean, and that, and that's what Uncharted Lines, that's like the basis of cool. Uncharted Lines. It's like, you know, we're out there, we're doing really cool things. And it's like, it's not all number oriented, the sport. Like there's so much more. And there's like, all of us are like artistic in so many ways, like whether it's repeating something or putting up a first descent. And I just, you know, I really want to show that. Well, I'll see you in the green room. <laughs> There better be like top shelf vodka back in there. I just want you to know I'm, I'm very picky. Um, last question. Okay. So you managed to graduate. Yeah. Despite this obsession with climbing. Yes. And it was hard. Right. It definitely was hard. I, I mean, my last two semesters mm-hmm. I did um, like online, mm-hmm. but cool. I have a degree. You got your art I actually degree. physically haven't even seen my diploma, but I have one. I don't know where mine is. Either, <laughs> so don't worry about it. And so you started this also by talking about the support you mm. got from your folks. Exactly. And so they're still on board. Oh, well, I, I mean, unfortunately my dad passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. But, um, my mom, you know, is still super supportive of my climbing and, you know, she loves what I do. And, and, and the thing is, is like at the time, you know, when I was 18 years old and I was cursing them daily because I didn't want to go to school. Like I appreciate it. You know, I, I very much do. And I'm, I'm very glad that I, I have a degree and, you know, I mean, yes, the time there was tough because I wasn't, you know, I was watching all of my friends traveling all over and I wasn't able to do that, but <sighs> there's a time and a place for everything. And, you know, I, I, I made it work and, and I did what I needed to do and, you know, it's cool. I, I'm really, I'm really glad for, for, for every experience that they've um, pushed for me. Awesome. Well, listen, man, thanks for sitting down. It was absolutely. a real pleasure. And, and I actually learned a lot sitting across the table cool. from you. No, absolutely. I had a really fun time. I mean, I most of the times I do interviews, it's, you know, what's your name? What's your five hardest climbs you've ever done? Like, what's your favorite climbing destination? And it's I, just I think like, we got those things, but copy, we got a bunch more too. Yeah, no, but it's, you know, but it's just copy and paste at that point. And yeah. it's like, you know, you sit here and you're just bored or you're just typing and you're like, well, I don't want to do that interview. And no, it was cool. It was really cool. I you you lived up to the hype. Everybody that that talked about your podcast, I will now say, it is even cooler than you would have ever imagined. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks for listening and thanks to Paul Robinson for sitting down once again, proving that I'm a jerk for thinking that boulders are the dumb jocks of climbing. That's my problem. Reflects poorly on me, and I'm trying to work on it. And uh, this is a little ways out, but Paul's film, Uncharted Lines, will premiere January 25th at the Boulder Theater in Boulder, Colorado. So uh, if you're around for that, 
check it out. Um, I think there's an Uncharted Lines website as well as Paul has his own website, so I'm sure there'll be information there, and I've linked those at the uh, at the post on enormacast.com. So check that out too. And while you're over there, click on the Help Out tab. See what you can do to help out the podcast. Okay, I'm going uh, hiking tomorrow. The long approach to nowhere is a lot more fun than I imagined it would be once you throw the enormous baby in the mix. So going to enjoy that. Probably go climbing later on in the week before we head on home. And of course, I will not only be double-checking my knot, but the whole damn families. Well, I mean, it's pretty hairy in there. It's Charlie's point. Charlie, don't surf! 